host, Braylon Williams, and welcome back to another episode of Enneagram Restart Podcast. For my faithful listeners, thank you once again for listening. For new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. So, in this episode, we're coming to a close and talking about all the types that compose the gut triad. Um, because today, we're talking about type one, the perfectionist. So, after today, um, I will be moving on to um, next week to talk about the overall basis basics of the heart triad. Um, but for today, let's just focus on the last type of the gut triad, type one, the perfectionist. Let's get right to it. about perfectionism so being a perfectionist is just slightly different for a type one than it is how we would occasionally typically think about it for any other person so typically when we consider somebody a, a perfectionist we, we think they're like everything's got to be top-notch everything's got to look a certain way um oftentimes for me I, when i when i think about a perfectionist i i, I think about a painter um my sister happens to be an artist, and so she is very much a perfectionist when it comes to her drawings and her paintings because she will take months, even years really, to perfect um, just a singular painting because there's a way that she envisions, envisions it inside her mind, and so she will draw she'll sketch it she will erase it sketch it again uh, and however many times she has to in order to make it, it look exactly how it is in her mind and so that's often what i like think about when i think of the word perfectionist um is that artist that you know everything has to be a certain way because if it's not exactly how they say it in the mind then it's not their painting it's not their drawing you, you might also think about um, another aspect of it is, is someone who's planning a party and it's like, all right, so at this time, we'll t- partake in this activity and then we'll, we'll serve food at this time. And then at this time, we'll open gifts and everything has to fall in a certain order um, of succession as far as the party um, schedule goes. Well, it, it this this idea of this painter, everything being certain way and this party um having to go to a certain schedule is equal to a standard of things just being 100 you know everything going smoothly everything going perfectly and not really going by the night not one mistake and so that standard of being 100 still rings true for type ones but it goes a little bit deeper for type ones because for type ones, it's not just, all right, everything has to go 100%. Everything, there must not be a mistake. Because for type ones, it goes a little bit deeper because perfectionism, being a perfectionist, translates into being a fraud for a type one. So what I mean by that is that type ones don't want to be seen as fraudulent because as a type one person their deepest fear the core fear is that they are 
morally flawed, that, you know, what they do is not good enough. Um, again, this goes uh, goes back to that childhood message that um, Pike ones receive. Um, I talk more about this in episode three, uh, and I encourage you to listen to that episode, but it goes back to the childhood message of they somehow, whether it's told to them directly or they perceive it through uh, just everyday life, is that it's not okay to make mistakes. And so if you make mistakes, then you are morally flawed, and then people won't like you. So for a type one, their deepest fear is, you know, being seen as a fraud, is is being, you know, morally flawed. And so what they do to cope with that, what they do to, you know, kind of push that fear away is they become so so much sticklers for rules. They become so uh, uh, perfectionist that there's no reason to doubt their life. There's no reason to doubt what they're doing. They, they become so like type one, type A people that follow the rule book that, you know, sometimes will even put an extra step just to ensure that they follow that rule because they don't want to be seen as fraudulent. They don't want to be seen as morally flawed um, because of that, that deep fear. So if you remember in um, previous episodes, um, I have I've talked about um, the gut tribe. We talked about the other two type eights, type nine people. And every type within the gut triad um, deals with anger in a different way. Um, for eights, anger is externalized. For nines, they just forget about it. But for type one people, they internalize anger. And so, I, I, again, I, I really talk about what that means and how that correlates within the three types of the gut triad in episode three. And uh, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Um, it, it's, it really gives more information on the dealing with anger and the childhood messages and all that. So um, if you really want to know what that stuff is about, um, that's episode three. Uh, go give that a listen. But what, what, when ones internalize anger, that essentially means that they take on the blame. So when things don't go right, when the plan goes wayward, when there's a mistake, ones will take on that blame. They will place their anger on themselves because what, what, what they perceive in their mind is that I should have made sure that things would have went right period. And so when things don't go right, essentially they're telling themselves it's their fault. It may have not been their fault at all. It may have been a completely different person's fault. In reality, it may have been an external force that they could not control, such as weather or, 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 or an accident. But they, a type one person will say, oh, well, it's my fault, no matter what, whose fault it actually is. So um, this to kind of illustrate this, I, I want to put put it into this perspective. So say say you have two friends. Um, you have Mike and you have Dave. Mike is a type one. Dave's a type three. Well, they they got together. And say hey, let's get our high school buddies back together for a 
you know, just to get together. You know, we was on the football team. We haven't seen each other in years. Let's call everybody up. Let's call everybody up and, and, and let's just have a little party, have a little get together. They're both on board. Mike takes the charge and plan it, but he, he allegates, he delegates to Dave that, all right, Dave, I want you to coordinate with everybody to, you know, say, all right, we need you to bring this plate. We need you to bring maybe a drink, um, bring bring the wine, bring the, bring the beer or bring the soda. Can you do that? Dave agrees. Um, well, party comes, everybody's there, but there's no food, there's no drinks. Because Dave fell short on his priority. He fell short on what he agreed to do. It's completely Dave's fault that there's no food, there's no drinks at this party. But Mike will, as a type one person, say, well, actually, it's my fault because I should never trusted you to do that. Actually, it's my fault because... You know, I should have just did everything myself. But the anger that Mike has, rightly so, should have been placed on Dave. Because in, in this situation, it is truly Dave's fault. But because Mike is a type one person, he internalizes that anger. He takes on the blame. So when it comes to that, that, that's 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 what it means. That's kind of what it means for a type one person to internalize that anger. Of course, that's that's an extreme illustration, but um, it goes along that those lines somewhat. And so, but when it comes to stress, when it comes to disintegration, once again, I, I talk about this in every episode. When it comes to a type, each type has. Another type that they kind of go to in moments of stress. Each type has another type they kind of draw energy from in times of growth. But for type ones in a moment of disintegration, in a moment of stress, they become like an interracial four. A type one person who is not growing, who is in a moment of stress, who is in a moment of disintegration, becomes convinced that their quote-unquote truth is the only truth and there's no other uh, uh, other possibility of there being factual statements to the matter. There's no other truth. Their perspective is the perspective. If you don't have their perspective, you're wrong. But on the flip side, um, a one who is in this moment of growth, who is going who is becoming healthier, they, 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 they take on more of the adventurous and more of the spontaneous, you know, aspects um, of a type seven. They become more relaxed. They, they don't, they aren't so uptight. They, they are, you know, let's go do this. Let's go hang out. Let's go experience nature. Let's, let, let's just walk and see where life takes us. Um, uh, funny story um again i'm not a one i'm a type eight but i do have a seven wing and i, I recently here i've seen that play out because as a sevens are those type of people well where 
really curiosity strikes their adventurous side and they will go on adventures because they're curious. Um, and so there's a Saturday and I was out location scouting for an event I was planning and I've been at a park and, and I've been to this park multiple times, but I've only been within a certain vicinity of the park. And so I, I, I was starting to walk along the walking trail um, and I started to realize I've never been this far. So my curiosity sets in, my seven wing comes in and I'm like, all right, let's go on an adventure. Did not plan this, so I was not physically stretched. <laughs> I was not um, ready for this, but that day, because I got curious and got adventurous, I ended up walking a total of six miles. Um, and I promise you, even though that's like a month ago now, I sometimes still feel the pain of that adventurous <laughs> moment of life right there. But back to talking about type ones. When they become in this moment of health, like I said, they, they, they relax. They, they, they aren't so uptight. They aren't sticklers for the rules um, so much as they would be um, in a moment of stress. Hey, it's your host, Braylon Williams. I want to say thank you for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. You can support Enneagram Restored even more by sharing this podcast with your family and friends and by making a monthly donation at anchor.fm slash Enneagram Restored slash support. Again, thank you for listening to Enneagram Restored Podcast. I've never um, discussed the levels of health in any previous episode, um, so th this is the first, um, but um, I, I just feel like that it's, it's necessary to talk about the levels of health for a type one before I can talk about the next topic that I want to talk about, before I can talk about kind of the, you know, at the end of each episode, I kind of put this like teaching lesson in, and I just feel like before I can talk about that, I've got to talk about levels of health for a type one. So because I have never talked about levels of health, I've got to take a moment out and, and to kind of explain what the levels of health are. And so for each type of the Enneagram, for all nine types, there are also nine levels of health for each type. These levels of health are numbered one through nine, and they are split into kind of subcategories. Um, you got your healthy levels, your average levels, and your unhealthy levels. And so levels one, two, and three are the healthy category, the healthy level. Um, four, five, and six are the average levels of health. And consequently, seven, eight, and nine are the unhealthy levels uh, so it just kind of goes and again triads there down the spectrums of one through nine, um, beginning with healthy to average to unhealthy. Um, and I wish I, I could take the time out to 
kind of look at all nine of the levels of health for type ones. But one, it, it, it's it's not really pertinent to um, look at all nine levels of health for type ones. Only the top tier, and so that, that's what I want to do for this episode. I want to focus on the top tier um, levels of health for each um, category. So that means taking a look at um, level one for the healthy, um, level four for the average, and then level seven for the unhealthy. All right. So at level one, at, at the best level of health, type ones are extraordinarily wise and discerning. At, at this level, at, at this moment, when they are at the best and they are, I wouldn't say have achieved full growth, but they are at the best, or um, in the best view to achieve health and to achieve growth. Um, they become very humane and inspiring. Um, they, their relaxedness, their um, ability to um, say, all right, uh, mistakes are okay, okay, um, uh, but we do need to have a plan and we should stick to these rules, but realize that life can take a toll and it's, you know, it's time for me to step back and relax a little bit. That that thinking becomes inspiring to those around them. But at the top level of average, uh, at level four, type one people become very high-minded and idealist. They become crusaders through the thinking that is up to them to improve everything because they become very dissatisfied with reality. They aren't satisfied with reality because it's, it's just not living up to their perfectionist ideal way of living. So they become like this hammer to the nail, this crusader um, of, you know, all right, if things are going to get better, then I've got to do it. No one else can make things better but me. But then as we reach into the top tier of the unhealthy category, we, as we get into level seven, ones become very dogmatic and inflexible. At, at this level, they deal in nothing but absolutes, black or white, yes or no. At, at this level of health and even further beyond, and in, in, in levels eight and nine, a type one person comes to think and understand and believes that their quote unquote truth is the truth. That they know the only truth and that what everyone else thinks, what everyone else does is wrong. It, it simply just isn't right. And so that's, that's, that's why we encourage um, type ones to just relax. And so with keeping that in mind, I, I feel like they're, they're, this, this is a good foundation to go for the, the teaching lesson that I want in this, in this episode. And so... Um, Let's just talk about that.
So before I get into talking about the um, kind of restoration idea of this episode, the teaching lesson of this episode, I, I want to prologue it by saying that this is not code heart facts. That this is um, my personal thinking. That um, I'm not saying it is the way to think, but I'm more of it, it, it's a good foundation. It, it's not the whole house, but it's a good way to start laying the foundation for growth. And, and so you, you won't see, um, you probably won't see this on the internet anywhere else. You probably won't hear this from any other Enneagram uh, person or coach or podcaster, but because this is just, you know, my thinking, but I, like I said, I think it's a good way to start laying the foundation for growth. And it, it's not the solid house though. Um, so it's simply that, and this idea is simply that growth for type ones begins with them becoming more self-aware. It begins with some realization, some self-actualization um, that they must achieve before they can truly grow. And, and so, again, like I said, this is solely a Braylon Williams idea. Um, it might be completely wrong. It might be somewhat right. But I, me personally, um, I think this is a good way to start laying the foundation for growth for type one. So uh, if you don't agree with it, um, that's fine. If you agree with it, perfect. But um, I do encourage you to like look into it some more to see how you feel as type one or as, you know, somebody who might know a type one or if you're happen to be another Enneagram person here um, Look into it to see how you feel about this idea. But like I said, this is a solely a uh, me idea. It's solely a Braylon Williams um, thinking. But again, um, I do recognize it's not the whole house, but I do think it is a good way to start building the foundation of this house of growth. All right. And so, but there are multiple realizations that if a type one will truly open up and receive them in their mind, in their heart, in their soul, um, that they, they can begin to experience true growth. There, you know, there's probably more than five realizations that um, that can be taken for a type one. But for this episode, I just want to focus on two of those realizations. And the first one is that for someone who is a type one, you have to start by realizing that it's time to relax. It's time to take a chill pill. Uh, gosh, I just brought some old slang back. It, it, it's time to take a break. Um, so, gosh, I don't know why I said that. Because every time I say the phrase take a break, I think about the musical Hamilton Um Side note, let me go on a little bit tangent once again for you. Um, Hamilton is one of my favorite musicals, if not actually is my favorite musical. Um, and I, I had to brag a little bit because uh, I, I have been a fan of Hamilton ever since it first went on Broadway. I actually discovered Hamilton like just a few weeks, maybe a couple months after it went from being on off of Broadway to Broadway um, in 2015. And so, um, and if you ever listen to Hamilton, if you ever seen it on Disney Plus, which it, again I it is on Disney Plus, a uh, uh, little ad there, go watch it. Um, it's great. It's a great um, Broadway show um, written by 
Lynn Manuel Miranda. Uh, but like I said, I've been with it since 2015, since it's been on Broadway. Um, and so I'm a huge fan. But within the musical, there's a song about that's titled Take a Break. It's about Eliza telling Alexander Hamilton, his her husband, to take a break because he's a politician who is always writing, always trying to get the next bill passed, always, you know, never really slowing down to take time with his family. Um, and so, like, again, great, great Broadway musical. I love it. It is my favorite one. Um, you can listen to the full soundtrack on iTunes. I, I know for sure. I think it's on Spotify. I'm not quite sure, but I do know it's on, the soundtrack itself is on iTunes. And again, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. So I, I encourage you to go listen to it. It's, it's about Alexander Hamilton, one of our founding fathers. It's a well-written show, um, a lot of good historical facts that are accurate and true about it. So go listen to it. Go watch it. Uh, that's my <laughs> tangent for this episode, kind of. So, But let's get back to talking about type ones. And so for what it means, when I say that you, as a type one person, you have to re realize it's time to relax, it's time to take a break, is that you don't have to feel that everything is up to you. You don't. You have to realize that it's not up to you to accomplish everything. It's not up to you to get everything done. It's okay to allow other people to help you out. It's okay to allow other people to make the plan work. In the same, you have to realize it's okay for things to go unaccomplished. It's okay that things aren't finished because if things aren't finished, it's not going to lead to disaster. The unaccomplished things aren't going to lead to chaos. You have to take those realizations and you have to, you have to fully accept that the fact is, okay, it's time for me as a type one to take a break. It's time for me as a type one to relax. Oh, and also as a type one, all right, it's okay if things go unaccomplished. The unaccomplished things are not going to lead to chaos. They're not going to lead to disaster. When you start to realize that, you start to begin to grow as a type one because you become more flexible. You you go from you know being so inflexible and being so stuck on rules and perfection thinking that you begin to grow and kind of again experience the the sides of a positive seven, a healthy seven. But the second realization that I want to focus on for this episode is that as a type one person you have to be flexible and open to different perspectives again this is really something that is um, highly seen in a very unhealthy type one person but it, it still is seen within all levels of health, but it's it's very noticeable within, you know, as we get into these unhealthy levels, level seven, eight, uh, and nine of someone who's Enneagram type one, is that they become very inflexible. Um, and and as a type one person, you have to realize that it's okay to be flexible. It's okay to say, all right, the plan may not go exactly how I thought it to be, but that's okay. You have to realize that okay, people are going to have a different perspective. My truth is not the truth. My ideas are not the idea. 
my thinking is not the thinking. People have different opinions. People have different views. As a type 1 person, you have to realize that everyone is not where you are. People have, again, they have different perspectives. They have different views. And change happens differently at different paces for everybody. So for you, as a type 1 person, you might be able to change a habit overnight. But your type 6 friend, that might take them two years to change that exact same habit. Change for people is different. And when you become flexible in that thinking, when you become flexible in that, when you realize that, all right, people are going to change, people are going to think at a different pace than I do at different moments, you really begin to grow. You have to allow people time to think and process the, their current perspectives and as well as you know, the perspectives that you as a type one person have taught them. And that's when, you know, when you take those realizations in that is it's time to take a break, it's time to relax, and that people and that it's time to be flexible and allow different perspectives and allow people to change within their own pace. When you take on those realizations, when you realize that, when you fully accept those thinkings, you begin to grow. Again, this this is not, this, this is what I think, and I think it's a good way to start the foundation of building the house of growth, but it's not the house of growth. There's still more work to be done. This is only a start to the foundation of a house. Well, that, that's all that I have for this episode um, of Enneagram Store. Um, but again, thank you for listening. Before we go, I do want to, there's an announcement, kind of a teaser I want to give to you that um, I've been working on digit, diligently um, in the past couple of weeks. Um, that I'm very excited to announce. Um, so, and that is that I am launching a merch store. Um, it's going to be um, going to have a lot of Enneagram store products, but there's also some personal Braylon Williams products, like some sayings that I are I'm known for, um, some uh, favorite scripture verses of mine. Um, you know, so uh, that's launching on May second. Um, and on May 2nd, all day May 2nd, um, you can get 40% off all orders. And so um, uh, I'm going to put the um, website link in this podcast description and you, you can check it out. But uh, you won't you could preview everything that's there, but you won't be able to buy anything until May 2nd. Um, but just to kind of give you a, a preview, what we will what we have is we'll have there's going to be an Enneagram store throw blanket, Enneagram Restored socks, phone, iPhone cases, um, tote bags, um, coffee mugs. Uh, there's That's kind of everything for right now, but I promise you, there's going to be even more products to come within the next months. Uh, of, we're going to have a lot of Enneagram Restored products. And so, I encourage you. I would hope that you would go and buy something. Um, you can um, 
get there by going to my website. And again, I'll put a direct link in the podcast description again as well. Um, on May, all day, May 2nd, which is launch day, um, you can get 40% off your offers, orders, my bad. Um, and 40% off your order. Um, and I will put that um, direct link in the podcast description as well as know that direct link is merch.braylonwilliams.com. M E, um, but I'll have that in the podcast description as well, so you can easily access it. Um, but also, d- don't miss next week's show because we have finished talking about the gut triad, and so next week I'm moving on to talk about the next triad, which is the heart triad. And the heart triad is, is composed of types two, three, and four. And so, what we'll, what I'll be talking about next week is. Um, kind of the overall basics of the heart triad and then we'll again go like we did with this triad we'll talk about the overall triad and we'll go each episode talking about each type of that triad and two three and four and so you don't want to miss that next week is going to be great uh, as we move the train to the next station again thank you for listening but before we go as always i want you to remember this the enneagram doesn't define you but it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits.